This is the Serial at Midnight Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Serial at Midnight Podcast. My name is Heath Holland. I'm going to tell you guys I have recorded this introduction about 10 times because this is a hard one to set up. This is a hot button topic, right? Uh, the idea of gatekeeping in fan communities, like it's not new. We've all, I think, been the victim of gatekeeping. And I think if we're being honest, we've all been on the other side of it too. And I catch myself doing these things sometimes, you know, I'm going to, so this is, I'm being vulnerable and honest. Wheel of Fortune, the game show on TV has just wrapped up a week of, uh, Star Wars. It's like a, the, the Star Wars themed week where every contestant was supposed to be, they're like, that's a Star Wars fan. And they had their lightsabers. They're like, I named my daughter Leia, you know, that kind of a thing. And I was like, well, these people, I said this, I, this, this crap came out of my mouth. I said to my family, I'm like, well, they say they're Star Wars fans, but could any of these people name the bounty hunters from the Empire Strikes Back? It doesn't matter if they can, that's not helping fandom. So it's this idea of like, well, you got to prove yourself. If you are a fan, are you a true fan? You know, I made a video about this about a month ago on YouTube called the true fan dilemma. This is what it was about. It's like, okay, you're a fan, but are you a true fan? Prove yourself. And thousands of you guys told me that you identified with that, you saw it in your own fandom, uh, you had been the victim of it, and that you hated it. You didn't like that part of fandom. And as fandom continues to evolve, we've got to make room for the new fans or else our fandom is dying. Uh, people should be allowed to enjoy stuff the way they want to enjoy it. But I think a lot of us are hardwired for this, like, you know, you got to pass the quiz. And so when I started thinking of doing this as a podcast idea, uh, I saw Nadia Robertson, who's the co-founder of 1931 Productions. They've done a lot of horror stuff. She works in film, and she is a respected, valuable voice in the fan community. And even like the, the heads of some companies, physical media labels and distributors, they're following Nadia to see what she thinks about things. Uh, she's a really valuable part of fandom. But people, she would share her opinions on social media. Repeatedly, multiple people would say no. You don't understand. You're doing it wrong. And just gatekeeping for no apparent reason other than this looks different from what I think. You're wrong. So I wanted to reach out to her and have her on Serial at Midnight so she could share some of these experiences. And honestly, so I could have a conversation about it with, uh, with uh, like, I wanted to do this without anger. I wanted it to not be confrontational. This is a fun conversation, but it does get real. I'm telling at about 10 minutes, about 10 minutes in, it gets real, real. So buckle up. This is a meal of a conversation. I mean, this is like a six course meal. There's so much to talk about and think about here, but I want you to know, I think it's in service of a kinder, better, more welcoming fandom that's growing and not shrinking. And I think at the end of the day, that is what we all want. We don't want fandom to be dead. We don't want to be like, well, I remember when I, I was a fan of toy trains before all of these video games. Like we want things to grow and evolve, right? So that's what this conversation is. Listen, I've talked enough. Without further ado, Nadia Roberts, improve yourself. The gatekeeping in fandom. It's interesting, right? Like, what is up with this with people spoiling things? Because they know, like, nobody wants to have something spoiled for them. Is it a power thing? Is it just an insensitivity thing? I don't know. Like, it could be a little of column A and B, I think. Like, yeah. depends per person, honestly. Um, I think some people enjoy, you know, speaking of gatekeeping, I think they enjoy mm -hmm. being the gatekeeper of that information in yeah. terms of like being the first one to like be in on the scene. Like there's some like, you know, reporter or something that it's their 
I don't know. It's their yeah. like self-anointed duty to be the releaser of this information. And it's like, dude, it's like aired streaming. Like it's not something news you have to break, you know, yeah. like people clearly are interested in this, looking forward to this, want to see it, but you know, people have kids, they have jobs, they have lives. Like you have to account for that. And when mm-hmm. people don't, it's just to me really inconsiderate of just not everyone is like on your schedule or maybe they want to watch something else and they're going to put that off. It doesn't mean that they're like less of a fan of it. They just may have something else they need to do that night or, mm-hmm. you know, value more that day or whatever, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not like real fans because they didn't catch it. Like as it aired that night, you know, especially in the world yeah. of streaming, like, you know, a lot of shows don't even do that anymore where they release things on a weekly basis. It's kind of a little bit more rare that you right. actually have television that makes you wait per episode like back in the old days. So, you know, if you have everything that streams immediately in terms of like a whole season that gets dropped, mm-hmm. then you have to really consider that too, because it's not even like, oh, I just could watch this episode tonight and I'm caught up. It's like if a whole episode drops, or whole season drops that's a whole chunk of time you got to sit and devote to that and if someone blows through that before you and just like you know explains the whole season away you're like oh cool so because i work monday through friday and can't sit down till over the weekend to catch up to this whole season now someone's like take it upon themselves to just like expose everything okay so you just said something i got we I noticed like with the new season of something that's really high profile like The Mandalorian, so it drops. I guess I don't know what time these things actually premiere, but like by the time I'm up and drinking coffee or whatever, someone has apparently watched the whole thing already. I'm like, did you really, or did you just like watch it on double speed so you could be the one that's like breaking off? To your point, there is something that seems to be it's like a power of like, I'm the one breaking the news. Like everybody wants to be first. They want to be the one to plant the flag in the thing. And I guess it is it is gatekeeping is kind of an entry to our conversation here, which is interesting. Because you're like the person at the gate of the show or your info, you know, the like sentinel that is like guarding the spoiler or whatever and it's yeah your power to release that information it's like you saw it first so you get to be the one standing there like oh yeah you got to catch up to me like like i think it's worse in the world of social media because it's not just a pure ego like psychological thing anymore it's also geared around social media presence and getting those clicks like if you're the first person to break any kind of news or information about any kind of media then you know you're the one that's gonna potentially go viral or get shared a hundred times or you know whatever you you know posted so i think that unfortunately has now played a part where it's not just like a personal thing just because you're excited and you know you want to tell people about it for whatever reason it's also you know can be largely in part because you know you're wanting to expand your social media like outreach like everybody wants to be the first they want to be like in this 24-hour news cycle where you are rewarded for being first because you're the one that may go viral with it i think that there's this benefit that people aren't thinking about necessarily the negative consequences of their actions they're just thinking about i want to be first i want this attention and 
it, it, and that can cut a, a lot of different ways too. And it can lead to, you know, I made a video uh, for my YouTube channel about, I think it was about a month ago and I didn't call it gatekeeping. I called it something else. Um, I called it the true fan dilemma because there's so many, I'm a true fan. And, um, but it was about gatekeeping. And I think that maybe gatekeeping is not always intended to keep other people out. I think sometimes it's a sense of identity. It's a sense of like, I fought for this and I love this. I'm wearing this shirt, by the way, because I wanted to tell you a story. So if I forget to reference this shirt, something happened. I love your shirt, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) Something happened while I was wearing this shirt in the grocery store of all places. So I want to tell you that story. And it's kind of about gatekeeping. Well, I'll just, I'll launch into it. I'll, I'll, no, I'm going to save it because what, the reason I wanted to talk to you is that you posted something on Facebook that, it rang so true to me. You were talking about, you know, your, uh, do you want to paraphrase it? I don't necessarily want to tell you what your post was. You want to tell people kind of the gist of what your, your post was about? I mean, yeah, just basically I feel that there's this expectation where people want, like project their own interests and whatever they value on other people. And so that becomes like this, litmus test like for judging others according to like your own experiences and what you've seen Mm -hmm. and so you're sort of like the center of I guess the universe in that way where people revolve around your idea of you know what's considered good or bad and people say these things in ways that aren't just their opinions they say it in a way that almost states it as factual. And if you've had any different life experience that doesn't match that to like line up with their worldview, or mm-hmm. you even have a different opinion, it can very easily turn south where all of a sudden it's almost like your self-worth is judged upon whether or not you saw something or not. And self-worth. Yes. And and it goes both ways because clearly they're putting their own self-worth on these sorts of fandoms and yes. media they consume because they wouldn't be so personally offended if you, if that wasn't a part of your life, if you hadn't seen it yet or you didn't like it or didn't want to see it, it would just be, you know, to me, the, the normal response is, oh, you haven't seen something? Oh, well, you might like this or check this out or to recommend, to encourage, to include you know, there's enough room in the sandbox for all cinephiles (laughs) and with so many different films and genres and eras throughout time. And you can't expect people to have just seen every movie, read every comic book, watched every show, played every video game. It's just unrealistic and absurd. And to judge others based on their other interests, you know, just because someone likes to do X, Y, and Z, and maybe they don't watch as many movies or play as many video games that doesn't make them you know less of a person or if they like self-describe themselves as nerds it doesn't make them less of a nerd than you are because they haven't seen something or don't like something or just simply don't uh, see something the way you do because I've even seen it where people have seen the same stuff and they just don't see it the same way and that already like counts them off is not a real fan because they have a different perspective. So basically I was just getting fed up and sarcastic being like, well, I guess growing up, I shouldn't have gone outside to play or play sports or have any, any other interests that wasn't 
doing whatever I needed to do to be deemed as worthy and be seen as a real fan, like in today's modern world. Mm -hmm. And it's just ridiculous that to even have to feel that way, to feel like regret over choices you made in your life that really enrich you and make you more well-rounded. I mean, it's only to me personally better for anyone to do a wide variety of things. I don't think it's like, even if you were the most like erudite film connoisseur in the world ever in time, like if that's all you do, then that's not good. That's a myopic, like limited life experience. And I've quoted him before on this, but like Werner Herzog said, for instance, if you want to make movies, don't watch movies, read books. And he's also harped on, I mean, even in his own life experience, he's certainly not just sat behind a computer or, you know, even sat with a nose in his book or whatever, you know, just getting lost in escapism or not really like Mm -hmm. living his own life. I mean, he's the kind of person that has gone out there and has been part of things and experienced things and done things. And that life experience gives you a broader perspective in which then you can interpret whatever media you do watch because the the larger perspective you have the greater you know way that you can sort of absorb something and see it in all different ways so to me it's only a good thing if you've done other stuff other than classic nerddom things because it gives you an avenue like psychologically emotionally whatever to be able to relate to the things you are watching or reading about or whatever, because maybe you've done that thing or you've experienced that thing and you wouldn't have that relation if you're a shut-in doing nothing but like solo reading or, you know, watching, you know, whatever. Like a lot of that stuff too is stuff you do alone. And, and, you know, and I would say cinema does, you know, especially theatrically, which is now changing in the world of streaming, you don't necessarily have that piece community involved in these things anymore you know you've got a bunch of games and stuff on these systems that yes you can join communities and play with each other but you know there's a lot of one person games that people just play on their own and they don't interact with anyone else like some people use gaming as a very strong community for them to connect to but others use it as a means of kind of just shutting the door and turning off the real world and just diving into something that's not real just so they can take their mind off of the shit they got to deal with in real life. And that's fine. But if that's all you do, then I think it's kind of hypocritical to get onto someone who has like actually, I don't know, gone out the house and done things in their life. And I just think you put yourself on a pedestal when you're the one who's actually the limited person. I mean, I wouldn't normally say that, but if we're just coming down to it, that's what it, to me, you know, that's, yeah. that's what it is. I, I have more respect for someone who maybe has consumed less of this nerd media, but has actually like gone out and done things and traveled and met people and talked to people. Like, I think a mm-hmm. lot of this too is substituting real life interactions with human beings instead of oh i'm in love with so and so on this show and i'm so into this thing or whatever and it's like that's cool but those characters don't need to be the only people in your life so i don't know it's just it's a hot topic for me because i wouldn't it wouldn't even matter so much if the people who thought this weren't the loudest voices in the room and like when i made that post i had several people being like well you just care too much about what others think or just ignore them. 
and I know that the just ignore is a little more like innocuous where they're just trying to be like, you know, you do you girl. It's cool. You know, I know that's what they generally mean, but I would say, especially as a guy, which most of it was guys saying that stuff, it's a lot easier for guys in this like gatekeeping fandom world to just blow off because they're not being challenged in the same way for sure that women in the nerd culture are you know you can't wear a shirt post something say something whatever without at least one person coming in and challenging you on it or talking to you in a way that makes it seem like you don't understand whatever it is and they have to like explain it to you so that maybe you can get on the right side of the fence with the thinking and it's like no I understand it I just don't like I don't interpret it the same way as you do and that's okay that's why we post this stuff and have a dialogue in hopes of like everyone involves expanding their view on it not just I post this something and if you either agree with it or not and if you disagree with it you're not a real fan of this or you don't know what you're talking about so now I've got to write a soliloquy to like make sure that I've like educated you on whatever this property is you know if it whether yeah. it's you know, like the post was Batman versus Superman that initially I posted before and then got some responses that made me even make that other post. And I've had some folks literally like describe to me Batman and Superman in like very general ways, not being like, well, in this specific comic, this happened. And so I was expecting this to see this out of the movie because I was hoping for maybe something a little more original to, uh, you know, the original IP stuff. I get that. That's fine. But when you, I mean, I wrote a fairly long, like analysis, you know, of my thoughts on this movie. So to me, if you were to see that, it's clear that I don't have like just a very basic level of these characters. Like I understand them enough to not need someone to explain to me like very generally what these characters are, like not even specific stuff that maybe I wouldn't have read in a comic yet. Like, like well you know batman he's a mass vigilante and he you know goes above the like very basic stuff he's that you sad. can like read the synopsis on the back of any batman movie it's like right. yeah i get that thank you right for spending probably 30 minutes typing this <laughs> like I, so i was one of these guys i was the star wars kid in the 90s that wore this i wore the return of the jedi t-shirt when it wasn't cool and i got super picked on for that and it's like there are people like me who feel like that because they went through that, everybody has to go through that. And that now because it's so easy to walk into fandom, and it is, and maybe that's a good and a bad thing. Sidebar, I know a guy that I used to work with and he was wearing an Iron Man shirt one day. Or he was, it was either Iron Man or Batman. I can't remember which one, but I was like, hey, that's a cool shirt. And he was like, it's okay. And I was like, huh? And he was like, if it was a Batman shirt, he said, I mean, he's no Iron Man. And if it was an Iron Man shirt, he said, I mean, he's no, it, it was what he was like, this character's not as cool as this other character. I was like, why are you wearing the shirt? He was like, it's just a shirt. And that bothered me as the guy that really paid the price for wearing my Star Wars shirts. But I didn't, I don't want to be the guy that's like, well, you shouldn't be wearing that because do you know that in Iron Man issue, you know, 166 from 1970, like, I never want to be that guy. You know, yeah. we need people coming in that enjoy this stuff. I want to share it. And I want fandom to grow and to enjoy things. But when identity comes from fandom, 
it becomes really complicated because it does feel, I mean, I, it just feels like you want it to be a very small community that's closed off to new members and things like things happen like what you're talking about. And it's sad and it's scary. I do remember going back to what you were saying about the t-shirt. One time I went to um, the Plaza Theater here in Atlanta and this was like um, probably almost 15 years ago. And I went and went with a friend and my not yet husband at the time. And we traveled from Birmingham to Atlanta and we're going to drive. It was like, I think to see a silver screen spook show, maybe. Um, I'm trying to remember it was so long ago. I think we were going to go see, I don't know if it was Godzilla GMK. I don't know. I, I have to think about that, but yeah. I just, I wore, I had this uh, Superman shirt from high school and it's literally the most basic kind of Superman shirt you could get. It's like blue with the logo. That's it. And I happened to wear it and we we're in line for the screening and someone comes up to me and um, he was doing like magic tricks or something. Um so I, I guess he was oh, like, oh, Atlanta. That's so Atlanta. No. <laughs> <laughs> like he came up to me and he said something, which again, is so long ago. I couldn't even tell you what it was he referenced, but obviously it was something to do with either Superman specifically or the Justice League. But I like, honestly, for one, I don't remember what he said. And at the time, like, you know, if you're talking to people and someone randomly comes up to you and says something, you're not necessarily even going to hear what they said. Like, I think I was just kind of like, Huh? Like I didn't even, I don't even think like heard him. And I remember he said something like, oh, fake fan. And kind of like, well, like, oh, at me. Something what? Along the line. Yes. And like called me out in front of my date and my friend, both guys. I was the only girl. So I think I wonder too if that had something That's, to do with it. It does for sure. Yeah. And it's like, come on, dude. Like, this is a shirt that is sold now. Like, this was probably before they were even more widely distributed than they are now, like in Target and Walmart at the mall, whatever. Um, I don't even remember where I freaking got it. It could have been like Spencer's or something, you know, maybe it's where you mm -hmm. may more likely get something like that back then. But now you could like literally anyone could wear that shirt like are you gonna go up to some six-year-old who's wearing literally the same shirt and be like oh fake fan it's like what like i'm su like supposed to for one like acknowledge you like you're some stranger coming up and coming into our conversation right. and so because i don't give you my attention and like start talking to you and engaging with you you're gonna just dismiss me, you know, it's like, yeah. I didn't even hear you, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, you're just coming up in here and like saying something like, yeah, I don't even know what right. you said to me. So it's like, you're just gonna, I don't know. That was embarrassing and upsetting. And it took a while, like just some, one of those things that like pops in your head every now and then. And you're like, yeah. that guy. Yeah. but like on the flip side, and I, I have seen like, for instance, um, I went to a concert and it was in between sets. And this guy was with a friend, I guess, and he had on a cub shirt. And some other guy with his friend kind of like passed by him and saw it. And he said something, cubs really like, you know, whoa, whatever. And the guy like didn't know what he was talking about and seemed confused. 
And I even might've been like, oh, or whatever. And the guy was kind of like taken aback who did it. And he was like, oh, you're wearing a Cub shirt. I, I thought you were a Cubs fan. And the guy was like, oh, nah, man, I just got it at Goodwill. And it's like, and the guy, and, and the guy who had initially said something was like, oh, okay. And he didn't say anything else. He didn't like call him out on it. He didn't challenge him. He didn't have any like snarky commentary. He was just kind of like, oh, okay. And he did seem confused, but it wasn't like judgy confused, like making faces. It was just like genuinely kind of seemed like, oh, and yeah, you know, you would assume like to me, that's a situation where if someone's wearing a sports team shirt, I would assume they're a fan of that team. And so like, for instance, if I see someone wearing a elephant Alabama, a shirt, Alabama fans, you walk by them, they go roll tide. That's yep. just like almost saying that's tantamount to, Hey there, how you doing? That's like right. literally there's a commercials sec commercials that play during football season where they've done a spot where it was literally Alabama fans. And like, it was like at a wedding, at a funeral, at a birth, like any kind of technically kind of inappropriate situation, Alabama fans mm -hmm. would be like roll tide when they see each other. So it was like yeah. a whole parody commercial. So it's like, I would say that to someone who had an Alabama shirt. And if they looked at me all confused, I would be kind of caught off guard. Now, would I judge them? No. Would I take it upon myself to like walk up to them and be like, so why are you wearing that shirt? You know, an Alabama fan. Oh, well, if you're an Alabama fan, tell me, tell me, you know, list all the coaches they've had throughout their history or tell me you know, the stats of this random game I'm going to pull out of my ass. You know, it's like, you know, I, I understand kind of being a little caught off guard because that to me is just a general assumption. I personally don't wear stuff. Like I wouldn't wear a Star Trek shirt unless I was a Trekkie. That's just me. But I'm not going to like think someone's dumb because they wear, I mean, I, I do think it's a little odd. I do think it's kind of confusing myself. Mm -hmm. I just don't know why you would, but yeah. I don't know. Sometimes people have siblings and they just pick a shirt out of laundry and they just roll with it too. You know, there doesn't have to yeah. be some like, deeper meaning into the clothes people wear like i literally just threw this on you know i'm like when you said cats i was like you don't oh, even like cats it. you hate cats <laughs> no. yeah do you even own cats bro <laughs> hey how many and how long have you yeah, had how it how many how many what food do you feed them huh what bet do you take them at you're not a oh, cat oh. is an animal that's kind of like a dog it's really small i don't know if you know this but cats are kind of hard to take care of they go back to like ancient egyptian times yeah. Oh. yeah explain what a cat is to you yes it's like oh you feed your cat a uh, fancy feast oh no, you're not a real cat owner <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i just i honestly when that happened at the concert and that whole exchange i just thought it was so interesting because I, and i don't want to make assumptions because i don't like to make assumptions about other people's prejudice or whatever because that too can be kind of a slippery slope when you start yeah. assuming that certain people would take issue with certain things, you know, just generalizing too much. But yeah. like, I just have a feeling that if that situation and it was a girl wearing a cub shirt, now maybe that guy is just generally cool and is not like one of these people that's like, name three songs, you know, for the band shirt. Maybe he would have had the same reaction regardless of gender. But you just, you never know, like the way things are, if that were a woman, and that same exact thing happened, someone easily could have been like, you're not a Cubs fan, why are you wearing that shirt? Like they would at least have something to say about it. If not like, 
all of a sudden come on with like a barrage of Cubs questions to see like, you know, how much of a fan she is. Cause like, I actually had a guy and I think probably more than one person, but I just remember there was one specific guy cause he was like so adamant about this, but he like literally said that it was like, basically that he was entitled and it was like his right to actually approach people in a store or Mm -hmm. anywhere. And if they're wearing a star Trek shirt to like quiz them on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, how do you like go through life like that, man? Like, I don't know how you haven't been like, someone hasn't like checked you in some way because and and also like that's just like so miserable like how do you you can't go out and enjoy things because you're scanning the crowd for someone who maybe could be a poser that now you got to get all riled up to go over there and march over and be the you know the the fandom police you know it's like guys no one made this your job like no one did a job interview to make you the fandom police this is something that you just decided to do because And again, where does that get you ultimately? Like Mm -hmm. to me, it just estranges you from the community. Because if let's say that like a girl is wearing a band shirt and she likes the band, but maybe off the top of her head while she's grocery shopping and thinking about, you know, what she's going to cook that night for her family or whatever. Maybe when a stranger comes up to her and like starts talking to her about this and asks her to name three freaking songs, it's kind of like, um, those talk shows where they go around, you know, the city and they ask people questions about world, you know, U S history or whatever, or like, you know, name the, you know, branches of the U S government or something, you know, some seemingly like easy answer. But when you're like in the moment or caught off guard, you're like, Oh, you know, it's like maybe someone does know the three bands, but you're strange random ass coming up to them put like surprise them because it's happened to me before i had an interview years back with sega at one point and it was gonna be for so i can't remember it was like the exact role it was like kind of like a creative role in terms of like storytelling stuff there like i it would have been maybe um sort of like a just like creative position in a department where maybe working on like possible adaptations for us release stuff like that Mm -hmm. so i went into my interview and for one i'll say i when i left that interview i was like i don't want this job (laughs) it was it was like a rough work environment there i will say um but like just from the interview it was kind of like and the guy kind of did the same thing to me the interview guy Like I told him that I was a really big Godzilla fan and he kind of looked at me and he was like, okay, uh, what's the production company that produced Godzilla and like the studio or whatever he asked. And I just remember I was so in like interview mode that a question like that really threw me off. And I, I had a second where I was like, uh, uh, and at that point, uh, it was around 2014. So the legendary Warner Brothers one came out and that's just what immediately came to mind. And I was just like, you know, I was like, legendary Warner Brothers, you know? And he was like, no, Toho. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, you know, yeah, of course. Like, and then yeah. like literally that same year or the year before, my husband and I had actually been on Nippon 
TV, like for a Godzilla segment on some Japanese show that aired in Japan. And so we were like chosen out of however many people, you know, in the US to like be a part of this Godzilla themed segment of this show. So clearly I know it's freaking Toho yeah. and I know all that, but you know, in that moment, I was like a deer in headlights, just, you know, totally couldn't answer. And it is like haunted me for like, you know, 10 years almost. Cause it's like, God, obviously Toho, but it's like, I don't know. It just happens. And that doesn't make me less yeah. of a Godzilla fan because I couldn't remember Toho on the spot. And I feel like yeah. a lot of these people online kind of operate like that. Like, it's just like, I just couldn't believe when that guy said that it was like his literal right to walk up to people for one, I knew he meant women. Cause he just like, it was that kind of attitude that I just, and again, I hate to like generalize stuff, but there are just certain people you can tell it's like geared mainly towards women. And then these same people will complain that there's not enough like cool chicks out there. It's like, cause you chased them off. You know, it's like, they're out there. It's just like, they're not cool enough for you. I don't know. It's like, to me, yeah. that's an opportunity. Like if someone shares any general in interest with you and you like them as a person, that's an opportunity for you to now share something you love with them and vice versa. And that can only be a good thing that would bond you to either as friends or maybe more or whatever. That's like only a good opportunity to build something with this person. Whereas mm -hmm. if they already know it, then, okay, that's cool. You might be able to have a conversation with them about it more in depth upfront, but it's not necessarily the same as, as being there. Someone's first time watching something like to me, speaking of like, we talked about spoilers earlier, someone who hasn't seen planned the original plan of the apes right now is like a diamond in the rough, unless they're young, and you know, whatever, they're just getting into whatever kind of movies. But like, if you're of a certain age and you haven't seen a movie like that, if I hear that, it's like, what? You know, it, it's not like, what? You haven't seen that? Are you even a cinephile, dude? Like, can you even, you know, be yeah. a film critic, dude, or whatever? You're not even you know? trying. Yeah. yeah, you're not like, what have you been doing all your life? You know, it's, to me, that's just like whoa you're like a rare specimen like it's exciting it's like finding an animal that you thought was extinct and there's really like one left it's like yeah. that kind of excitement you're like oh my god i didn't think you existed and it's a good thing because then maybe you get to be the person and, and a, that's i guess a positive kind of gatekeeping where you're like the gatekeeper of this thing not in, like in a way where you're blockading it and like guarding it and whatever but it's like, oh, I'm going to be the avenue in which you like experience this for the first time. And that's mm -hmm. a connection now you make with that person. Yeah. And so many, you know, like so many of these people close themselves off to that opportunity because instead of like joining them in the joy of that experience, they're now judging them on it and not just judging them, but like literally like we were saying earlier, like deeming their self actual self-worth on it. And it's like, no, these women are out there. You just, you know, eschew them from the conversation. It's like they want to join. But like there have been lots of instances where I didn't say something on Facebook or in a group. I mean, now, granted, luckily, my real life friends, I talk with them forever about things. And that's not an issue. But like people online, I don't actually know. There have been many times I've seen stuff that I 
would want to say something to, but hesitate because I'm like, I'm too tired to even get into that can of worms today because then, you know, it's just going to be like, you know, moths to a flame, like, you know, just coming in at you like daggers from all angles. And it's like, I don't even want to like potentially get into that. So oftentimes I don't join a conversation that could maybe lead to something interesting. It could lead to someone suggesting a movie I haven't seen or vice versa, or just like some interesting perspectives or whatever. And now a whole dialogue that maybe could have happened that could have been educational for everyone all around doesn't even get to exist out of fear of retaliation for not being a true fan and honestly it doesn't even matter how much like you're talking about the batman versus superman post that thing could have been like i don't know 200 500 a thousand extra words it could have gone into like the most detailed stuff but because and i'm talking about specifically about the movie but because i admitted that i haven't read a lot of these comics that you know, i have read some batman and superman but i haven't read a lot like there's so many comics that I have yet to read that I want to. And that's the thing I want to. It's not like it's from an attitude of like, well, comic books suck. I don't see value and I'm not even interested. I could see why someone would get defensive over just like dismissing a whole thing like that. But like if someone is eager and actually is interested and wants to, to be a part of it, don't make them feel bad because they're not like there yet, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, it doesn't matter. To, I think like that, analysis whatever could have been however much more in depth but because i admitted that i haven't read every batman and every superman comic that now all of a sudden i need someone to actually explain to me like someone on that post explained to me okay well you know in in comic books batman and superman they're you know they're all sorts of iterations because that's how comic books work you know the, the characters are written and drawn in different ways and i'm like I know <laughs> it's just like I like literally even say that in the post I think like acknowledge yeah. that it's like what part of this post made you think I don't understand the most basic like understanding of what comics even are like and I and I hate to even tell them like guys you're mansplaining me because that word alone would just be like like setting off the fireworks that would just Mm -hmm. instigate more you know intensity in terms of like defensiveness and that's but that's what it is and I just I don't know if they would do that to someone else if it's because I'm a girl and they think that I need to be explained what comic books are and I even had someone really deep dive argue with me about what subjectivity is and they were like the movie's good for you but that doesn't make it good and I'm like I understand like that anything that I discuss regardless of what it is is always going to be from my standpoint because I'm the one taking it in interpreting it and then telling you on my yeah. page how I feel about it. Of course, it's going to be from my perspective, from whatever books, movies, whatever experience I have with this property. Of course, it's going to be from whatever limited perspective that is. That's literally what it's like for anyone ever watching, reading, whatever this stuff. Like It's all based on your own perspective, what you've read. Instead of like viewing it like, I'm going to take time to 
prove to them and to show them and to educate them and like get them to see it from my point of view. Like my point of view is the only way, the right way. Maybe be like, okay, you could be surprised someone disagrees with you or see something differently, but just take that opportunity to be enthusiastic about how you view it or why you love it or the reasons why you dislike it. But like when I make a post and someone, you know, it's like a well thought out post that took me like three days mulling over and it took me an hour to write. And I'm like, you know, very purposeful and like my effort and thought into it. And then someone just goes, that movie sucks. And it's like, (laughs) cool. That's a good transition into my t-shirt story. And then I'll, we can wind it down. So I'm at the grocery store this week. I'm wearing this shirt and I get to the checkout and it's like, a, it's a very small girl, high school. I assume that this is her summer job. I've never seen her in the store before. She's checking me out. Um, and she's like, oh, Star Trek, huh? All right. Star Wars versus Star Trek. You have to pick one. And I was like, I don't have to pick one. And she's like, no, no, you have to, which one is better, Star Wars or Star Trek? I was like, I don't like one more than the other. She's like, no way. There's no way. You have to pick one, which is better. And I was like, listen, they're two completely different things. It's like a hamburger or a hot dog. It's different flavors. And she's like, she's getting like really upset. She's like exasperated now. She's like, come on, you have to like one more. The I was like, no, I was like, listen, I love Star Wars when I was a kid. And now that I'm an adult, I really enjoy the human stories of Star Trek. I can't pick one. And I was like, which do you like better? Star Wars, right? And she was like, yeah, I like Star Wars better because stuff blows up and it's funny. And I was like, well, that's the, what a conversation. So all that passion and she's picking Star Wars because stuff blows up and it's funny. So I've been thinking about that ever since it happened. I'm just like, this is the world, man. This is where we're living right now. So what do you do? You know, crazy. Oh my gosh. Like you think with <laughs> that much, like, energy put into that but like, right. she's like coming on to you about that like it's like let it go like it's okay it's okay I think this like it doesn't affect you you right. think she would have had some like really detailed like impassioned reason stuff blows up it's cool yeah. like uh stuff blows up in Star Trek too it does actually yeah. I mean a lot blows up some whole planets get blown up too you know yeah that's like to me, that is such a kind of, it reminds me of being like a 90s kid where it's like Pepsi versus Coke, you know, and like you had to choose or like yeah. when the internet started and, you know, you did those like chain emails on AOL with like your friends and family. And it's like this long like surveys that's like Pepsi or Coke, black or white, you know, light or dark. And mm-hmm. it's like just the most basic one or the other. And you have to pick. It's yeah. like why why do you have to pick like well and now when i log into twitter that's all twitter is now it's like you can choose one and it's like four things and these posts have like thousands of engagements too i'm like is this where we're at as a society we're just like you could you're on a desert island you have to pick one of these four things like no i can have all four of those yes like it's just kind of childish to me and Mm -hmm. childish not to necessarily use that as like you know, a starter for a conversation that can be just a fun way to get to know someone, especially like rapid, rapid fire questions or whatever for fun. But when that becomes in a basis for like an argument and to actually get upset and to like demand someone to be like, no, you must choose. It's like, what is this? No, I don't like, I, I can enjoy both. And 
I don't know. To me, that makes you more of a well-rounded person because you enjoy both. And not to say you're not if you don't love all things. I'm not saying that. But I think if you're able to enjoy more things, that it just inherently makes you more well-rounded because you're just exposed to more. Um, So I don't know. Like that's that's just I, I do find it weird that people get so into like the one or the other kind of mentality. And mm-hmm. when people like ask that or they want it, like even lists, like I don't really like making best of lists, even though I do have favorites and stuff. It's just some people are just like so demanding on you picking and choosing things. And I just generally kind of stay away from best of kind of, I'll say instead of best, cause that to me, speaks more definitively as like less of an opinion and more Mm -hmm. objective statement like this is the best and then and whenever you post someone like that people will come at you like that and you always almost have to have some sort of disclaimer in the comments being like Mm -hmm. well i meant you know best to me to me guys not like in all of cinema this is actually the best movie and we're gonna write that in the books and the kids are gonna learn that in school from now on you know yeah it's like you have to put some sort of caveat you know around whatever you say because people are just like ready to pounce if they think that any potential opinion is seen as fact which again if you are approaching it challenging someone with that point of view and like you're coming at it like well this opinion is fact and my opinion opinion is correct and yours is wrong like that's bad like I don't know like it's just gatekeeping is weird to me because it just seems like it's only hurting you and the community you love and Mm -hmm. I understand like the bitterness that ends up coming out of having something done to you and you know there are injustices it's not right to one way or the other, it doesn't matter who it's coming from. It doesn't matter when it happened. Like if it happened in the seventies, the fifties, the early two thousands or now in the nineties, whatever, it doesn't matter when it happened, it would happen to like bullying someone for anything, obviously is never okay. But also like to bully someone over something like a movie or a comic book, like to me, that makes them the obvious loser. Like, how are you you got nothing else going on in your life that you're going to like pick on this kid because they read Superman comics in between classes. Like, dude, get a hobby. Like go, go sign up for a sport. Like you clearly got some aggression. You need to be channeling 40 and channeling out somehow, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's just, I, I, I get the resentment that, like you said, you dealt with some of that stuff in school. And like, I've dealt to that. Not unfortunately, not to the degree that a lot of people have. Cause I did luckily was in environments in school where, I mean, there's assholes at every damn school, but luckily the schools that I went to, I feel were not, didn't have the type of people. I think that a lot of other people had to do Like for one, neither school I went with had a football team. So it's like, I feel not to say, I mean, I am an Alabama football fan. So I'm not saying that fans and players are like, inherent asshole bullies but i do you know that's an obvious trend where the jocks you know are the instigators usually of the bullying Mm -hmm. um and so i feel like maybe not having a football team maybe helped me kind of dodge that because maybe there wasn't that sort of you know dynamic at the school but i mean i have brought 
I mean, this is like not fandom per se, but it is a fan. Like I had a huge crush on Leo in fifth grade and I brought like a picture out of a magazine to school just to like have on me. And one of my friends like drew a mustache and like drew all over it. And I cried. I was really upset Um, because this was before the internet too. So I couldn't just, oh, go home and print another picture. I had like bought teen bop that's like $15 or whatever from the grocery store. And so that was like my one picture out of that, that I loved out of that magazine. I can't get that back now. Yeah. So that's like, I mean, that is not on the same and that's not the only, that's just a random one that happened to me. I mean, that's not on the same level as someone who may have had like their head dunked in a toilet and their, you know, movie smashed or whatever it is, you know, something. I mean, my picture was destroyed, but that's not even necessarily the same as like, having a whole book or movie destroyed, you know, but it is on a similar level. Like I get it, but like at some point you have to move past that and you have to become better than your past traumas. And I mean, I say this having my own shit to deal with too. I mean, everyone has to have this hurdle, you know, past traumas to go over. So they don't carry on. It's like generational trauma. That's what that is. And that's can happen apparently in fandom too, where it's like you it's it's kind of like sororities and, and like you know greek culture in 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 a college it's like hazing it happened to you when you were a freshman and now that you're a senior you're on this power trip sitting at the top of the mountain and now it's your turn your turn to do that you know and it's just this perpetual cycle that's continued for like no good reason it's like okay well if you were picked on in school then be more open to people be that open door be that start of a community, be that start of a conversation. Don't be the person standing there be like, well, I was picked on. So random person I just met a year ago that entered my life. Now I'm going to judge you on this past experience that happened to me 20 years ago. That's just not like a fair way to like interact with people, I think, because now you're putting all that on them. And it's like, Hey, I just made a post about Batman versus Superman. I didn't know your whole life story was going to be triggered by this when I made the post. And it's like, now you're having to like defend yourself. It's like, no, just be part of, come on into the conversation. Like no one's excluding. We don't have to have that world anymore, especially with the internet, with comic book culture being what it is. I understand if someone gets frustrated and they're like, oh, you went to Walmart and you're wearing a Wonder Woman shirt and you're a guy. And when we were in high school, you said liking Wonder Woman was gay. Like, I get that frustration, especially if it's like someone specific, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, some dickhead in high school and now he's wearing the Wonder Woman, you know, that specific thing. I would get that. Let's wrap this up. Let's, do you want to promote anything? Do you want to tell people where they can follow you and like what I will have set this up before, like, I'll do an introduction for this, telling people who you are, but I mean, 1931 productions, we didn't even talk about that. And like you work in movies, you like you you're living the dream, right? Like you're working on film sets. Yeah. I mean, you know, if going to bed at like 6am is living the dream, then I am living the dream. (laughs) No, I am actually like super thrilled to be able to actually be in this part of the industry. I've been in a lot of different aspects and it's actually really fun to be on set in this capacity. So it's, it's a lot and it's tiring and it's, it's crazy, but it is, it is fun. And as far as 1931 goes, uh, I've got, we've got a website, 1931 productions. Um, I've got Instagram roll tide, 19, 
31. <laughs> I'm on Facebook, but basically we just make, make films that we want to make, um, mainly horror. Um, but I would say even kind of some, I don't know, niche horror, like sounds up its own ass, but like, I, I wouldn't say, I would say horror based off of like specific inspirations for us. So I don't know if that would count as like mainstream or if it would seem kind of a little more indie. I don't mean it's indie in terms of budget. That's for damn sure. Cause it's just coming out of whatever we yeah. ever make is coming out of our wallets, you know, but yeah, yeah it's just, uh, I love all sorts of movies and I like to put that into whatever I put out there. So I, we've got some stuff available right now that we've made in the past, but honestly, life has been so crazy. We haven't done a lot of new things recently. We did a music video for a friend for a, a heavy metal music video, which was really cool. Um, Cause it was actually his whole album is based off of, he's got like a track inspired by Manhunter, um, like a London after midnight, all sorts of different movie references and stuff in his. So he asked us to do his music video because he thought, well, that's marrying, you know, the movies and the music y'all love metal. We're big metal fans and we love movies. So he was like, Hey, come do my music video. That's literally like our vibe. So, yeah. So yeah, if you want to check any of that out and we're always trying to like get back into it, but you know, life's crazy, man. So it takes a lot. That's why I respect movies a lot too. Just on a basic level, like even if I think the movie sucks, I know it took a lot to make that movie. So I have at least some level of respect for any mm -hmm. filmmaker, even if I think their film is like straight up bad in my personal opinion. I know that shit didn't just materialize itself overnight. That was a right. team of people, took time and energy. And there's just like some little base level of admiration you got at least throw them a bone for, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't wanna hold you up longer, but that's basically, if you want to check us out, you can find us there. <laughs> can I do you want me to link to your Facebook page and other places like that? Is that okay to do or do you yeah, want me to totally. okay? That's cool. Well, thank I you really so much. You. I'm gonna say goodbye to you after we finish. I'm gonna finish the recording and say goodbye to you, but I do want to thank you here on the recording. Thank you so much for this. This was so much more than I hoped it would be. You really gave, I mean, there's so much to think about here too, and to unpack and it's a challenge, right? Because we all we all are capable of 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 gatekeeping, we're all capable of maybe not being the best shepherds of what's out there. And this is something we can be thinking about so that we are better, so we more welcoming and be a better community. So thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. It was so much fun. You definitely gave me some pep in my step for today. So now I could like go on the rest of my day, not being like totally zombified because now I'm like energized for our conversation. So thank you. <laughs> So, right, there's so much to talk about. There's so much. I mean, this is a, I said it was a meal and I mean it. Like, I took so much away from this conversation. It woke me up to some things that I was doing that I don't want to do. It's going to stay with me because I want this to be a welcoming place for lots of different people, for different opinions. I just, you know, the idea of having to prove your fandom, it's, it's not great. And I think that we are evolving beyond that. And if we don't adapt, if my generation of fan does not adapt... I don't know what the next 10, 20, 30 years looks like. I mean, it really feels like it is going to go on without us. We can be a part of it or we can watch it pass us by. And I want to be a part of it. So 
Uh, Nadia Robertson's links, I put all her links in the, so, in the uh, her social media links and everything else in the description of this video or this podcast episode. Uh, things you can do to help this channel, you can rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you can give the thumbs up. You can subscribe, you can leave a comment. Those three things are the name of the game when it comes to engagement and encouraging visibility on these algorithms and these platforms. Uh, I will mention that Serial at Midnight does also have a Patreon page. We've got over 150 videos that have been building over, I think, about four years. That uh, I try to put up a new video, you know, usually once a week is my goal. I don't always hit it, but uh, several times a month, there's exclusive videos, unboxings, uh, really collecting videos, like things that I've bought, things that I'm really enjoying, just wrapping up a Q&A. I've done five Q&A videos just for Patreon, so uh, that's really valuable to me, uh, and I appreciate Patreon, but I also appreciate whatever you can do. I appreciate your time. I appreciate the fact that you are here. You made it to the end of this episode, which is pretty epic, right? So thanks to you. I appreciate you. Take care, guys. Let's continue the conversation. Thanks to Nadia Robertson. Until next time, I will catch you later.